Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I am your host for this week, Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam, and it was his turn to pick the film this week, and he went with The A-Team from 2010. So, let's see what we reckon. So, Josh, you picked this week's film, The A-Team. From 2010. So, spoiler warning listeners, if you haven't seen that one already. Uh, So Josh, tell us, what is The A-Team about and why did you pick it? So The A-Team is an adaptation of the popular TV show from the, I think, 80s and possibly early 90s about a group of um, disgraced missionaries, not missionaries, disgraced soldiers who form a sort of uh, mercenary for hire business. This is a film adaptation of that and they are... um, I suppose it's I suppose it's part origin story, part adaptation, and then mm. it's sort of an action comedy around mm-hmm. that, really, with Liam Neeson in it, Bradley Cooper, uh, Chateau Copley, and Quinton Jackson, amongst other people. Uh, I picked, why did I pick this one? Right, so <laughs> I'm really intrigued to see what you think of this because okay, I'm fairly certain yeah. when I told you this is what I pick, you sort of went, "Oh, say no more," something like that. <laughs> and I'm thinking you've seen this and you hate it. So either you've seen it and you hate it. Or you might actually like it. I don't know. I can't. I can't figure you out on this one. I. Um, I'm a mystery. I'm an are. enigma. And that's you the never that's know. the draw of the podcast. Probably, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. Um. But but um. Yeah. So I, I I picked it because I think it's a perfectly decent action comedy that was not very well received. Um. It was a bit of a box office flop as well, but I still think it made quite a bit of money relatively speaking, although it didn't make its budget back, I don't think. But I'm going at this from the underrated uh, perspective. Okay. Now, now mm-hmm. it's not perfect. It's not a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But I think there's stuff to like in this. So, go on then. I've I just seen it before. So, no, I hadn't oh. seen it before. This was, this was a classic case of Alice judging a book by its cover or judging a film by its trailer. So I do remember seeing the trailer uh, <laughs> when it came out and just thinking, this probably isn't for me. Yeah. Um, I just thought, for, for two reasons, because I thought that it looked naff, but also because I don't know anything about the A-team. 
So mm. I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm probably not the target audience here because mm, mm. I imagine there's going to be loads of callback and references mm. and stuff that I'm just not going to get and I'm not going to get anything out mm. of. So I totally dismissed it, hadn't even thought about it until you said the words last week. And then it was right. like, so my, my instant reaction to that was a negative one, which is why I had that reaction that you spoke about, you know, possibly a, a low groan or whatever it was that I did, <laughs> but it was a negative one. Uh, so no, I hadn't seen it and I had low expectations going in, to be oh, honest. Okay then, okay. And so low expectations going in, mm-hmm. low reaction coming out, or what did you think? You know what, Josh? It wasn't as bad as I (laughs) thought it was going to be. Okay, I'll take that. I thought it was okay. Yeah. In fact, I probably think it's a little bit better than The World Is Not Enough. Not as good as The Losers, which this did remind me of a heck of a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I think better than The World Is Not Enough. So there's your sort of litmus test. Your your action barometer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've got um, like top end action, best action. Terminator is like, 2. Is like yeah, Terminator 2, <laughs> Die Hard, Point Break, Matrix, mm-hmm. if that's fully action. And then your bottom end is your speed 2. Um, and, and then. <laughs> no need for this salt, <laughs> just, di- just digs, Alice. Just digs all over the show. Um, so for me, one of my main, one of my notes on, on, on it is it's, it's like the losers, but I'd say this is better. I prefer. Yeah, interesting. I think I prefer this to lose. I mean, they're quite. They're very. It's not like loads better. Do you know what I mean? It's like a bit better. I I think, funnily enough, with the losers, is that for me, that got better. Um, like in retrospect, it was sort of like because after we did the episode, I know I had quite a sort of. I was a bit underwhelmed with it, but then I kept thinking about it and kept thinking about a lot of the funny moments and obviously what mm. Chris Evans was bringing to and it. Little beard. And that in that <laughs> just did it for me. Um, and that just really enhanced it all for me. So I remember it better. Mm. I remember it being better than I felt when I was watching it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas this, I thought, oh, this is, it was okay. It was okay yeah, when yeah, I was watching yeah. it. Um, so go on then. What are some of your favourite things about this film? And, ooh, when was the last time you'd seen this? Uh, like, before watching ago? it for this, couple of years. I'd say, okay. I'd say... Seven or eight years, all right. Maybe, yeah, maybe so a, a little bit less time. than that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's not you know it's not a masterpiece. It's not that, mm-hmm. but I think it's a perfectly serviceable action comedy, and it was mm-hmm. quite panned when it came out, which is which is sort of why I picked it. So I like, I love the cast. I think it's really really mm-hmm. well cast. So you have got Liam Neeson playing Hannibal Smith. I think the other thing to mention as well is you don't have to have seen the TV show. So. Obviously, there is a draw because the A-Team as a TV show is really, really successful. But I don't think you have to have seen that to enjoy this. I think you can enjoy it as its own thing. I So I, I do somewhat agree, but there would, I think, it, it it's not that it didn't make sense if you hadn't seen the TV show like yeah. I haven't, but there were things in there that were referencing. Yeah, because yeah, Ollie, Ollie watched about half of it with me. And he was like, oh, yeah, they say that on the TV show. And I was like, oh. So there's just things for you there as a viewer, that I think, true, if you did yeah. watch the show. But you're, you're not missing no. anything, I don't think. And you're not going to not get it either. Yeah, I, I mean, so, so, so I haven't seen the TV show. It's a little okay. bit. Okay, oh, that's a, interesting. It's a little bit before the time. But there's a lot of stuff in the TV show that, that I know from reference. So things mm-hmm. like I love it when a plan comes together mm-hmm. is a big thing. Or the fact that BA is scared of flying. 
right is yeah. a big thing and, and stuff like that so i know that through through reference but i've never mm. seen it myself um so i really like the cast so you got liam neeson plays hannibal smith uh bradley cooper plays face Charlotte copley plays murdoch and uh quinton jackson plays uh, b.a baracus who is the the part made famous by Mr. T, if you don't if you don't know. So I think they're really great. I think they bounce off each other really well. I think there's a good chemistry. I think that they themselves are directed really well as well. So it's directed mm. by Joe Joe Carnahan, who is mostly known for more harder edged films like you're 18. So he did like Narc and Smoking Aces and stuff like that. And they've they've always got that that mixture of grit but style. Mm-hmm. And I think this has got this, but it's more on the stylish end because obviously it's a it's more of a blockbuster. It's a twelve A. It's rather than something like Narco or Smoking Aces, which are all eighteens uh, or, or R rated. So what I quite like is I think it's really well cast. It's quite quippy. Some might say too quippy, but we'll come on mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> and and the way it's directed is that, and I don't know if this is. I think some people might find this irritating, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on it, Paul. They talk over each other, and when they're having their little bits of banter and back and forth and stuff like that, it's like it is a real conversation rather than mm-hmm. it being scripted. And I feel like that's a stylistic choice to have them talking as if they actually are friends and talking over each other. And mm-hmm. for me, I think it quite works because it is quippy, and there's a lot of back and forth and a sort of like you know putting each other down and winding each other up and stuff like that. But I quite like that. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about it. Maybe it's it's more naturalistic in a, in you know in a film that very much isn't naturalistic and is stylized and is a daft action blockbuster. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously as well. So we talked about this with other action films. Is 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 I think you've you know you've got to have a little wink and a nod to the camera, like you know like True Lies, like other other action films we've done about you know this is a ridiculous idea you know at one point mm-hmm. they fly a tank out of they the sky fly a tank and you know, i'm not going i won't hold back that is in my list of likes it's I'll be ridiculous honest. Tanks, it's pretty cool absolutely ridiculous and i love it for that like it's just balls mm-hmm. to the wall stupid action <laughs> and i and i like that do you know what i mean i think it's it's as escapist as a good sci-fi or a good comic book film or whatever and, and so I, I very much like that so i enjoy the act and there is you know, two or three or four really great action set pieces in there. Um, and then generally speaking, I, I just, I don't know. I think it's a really hell, you know, it's a good ride. It's it's quite, it's quite well paced. It's probably a little bit over long in places, but it's not, you know, it's not two and a half hours. Whereas, you know, a lot of films can be, um, it's, you know, Bradley Cooper is unbelievably fit in it. Like he is like, he's proper <laughs> fit as fucking this fit. This is the film where I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, probably bang Bradley Cooper. If, yeah, he's the but, one. Like, oh. if I was gonna turn for anyone, he's the yeah. guy. Um, um, or even if I didn't turn, I just, I just let him. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but anyway, I, I just, I think it's a really great action comedy. Nice and escapist. Doesn't tell, take itself too seriously. It's daft. You know, they bounce off each other well, and that's about it, really. I don't. I'll just say it's not a masterpiece, but I, I just remember it get, getting quite the harsh treatment when it came out. And I remember thinking, do you know what? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't get mm-hmm. it. And this could have been my, this could have been 2023's Green Lantern, but but I don't think mm-hmm. it was based on your reaction. Mm-hmm. But I think it's hey, just- I like it's, Green Lantern. I was really what am I thinking of then? About Green Lantern. I can't Lantern. remember what I'm thinking of. But, but it's, it's <laughs> Rocky Balboa. It might be Rocky Balboa or it might be- I was fuming about that. <laughs> but it-, it, it it could have been 
just not for you. Mm-hmm. And if you're going in expecting some sort of highbrow thing, then it's definitely not for Ooh, you. No. But if you want to oh, just no. unwind and put a big action blockbuster with some good set pieces and dialogue in there, you know, and quippy doesn't take itself too seriously dialogue, then then this is great. Or I think mm-hmm. it is anyway. So so what did you like? What did you like about it then? Because because obviously I, I I wasn't sure how you'd feel about it. I know we like you say we'd mentioned that I I I thought you might have seen it when I told you that I was picking it, but mm. that was me just misreading it. <laughs> but but what did you like about it? So I mean, a lot of the things that you've already said, um, I, I would agree with. So it is, it's so it's fun, it's fast paced, and it's visually quite exciting. We don't stay anywhere or focused on one thing for too long, so we're always moving forward. So there's certainly no opportunity to get bored. I thought the camera is also moving a lot itself, and again, it's very fast. So then, story wise and visually, you've got this combination that gives you that sort of adrenaline thrill that you're looking for with an action film. Um, I really like the guys in the A-team. I just found them all really likable characters. The star of the show, as you've mentioned, is, of course, Bradley Cooper. But he obviously gets a bit of an unfair advantage because his character is clearly meant to be very charming. So then obviously he is. Um, But he's quite funny as well, and he's smooth and enjoyable to watch. But they do all bring something with (laughs) <laughs> well i'm not uh, yeah <laughs> i'm not dead inside josh i can i can see you brothers um if he comes they knocking all, they, yeah yeah my door is wide open um but they all they all bring something with them to the film i feel yeah, and they have so. pretty good chemistry uh with each other as well um there is one moment in particular that really stood out to me where bradley cooper's doing Uh, a really bad fake British accent to a French woman. And I just love it when Americans or non-Britons do these intentionally bad fake British accents. It's just something I've always found so funny. Mm. So as soon as he started doing that, even Ollie was looking at me like, oh, you love this, don't you? I was like, (laughs) oh, yeah. And then one of the others done a a Braveheart. He's doing a bit of a Scottish Braveheart. Who who was it who was doing that again? It's Murdoch. It's Chateau Murdoch, that's the one. There's a lot of stuff like that, isn't there, where they're, they're just messing about dicking around and it's they? like it's weird around. it's almost like it's almost like it's it's almost like there wasn't that much of a script so they went just make some stuff up to show that you're mates yeah just have a laugh yeah have a laugh because even the bit you're talking about the obviously the bit where they're pretending to be journalists i actually think in that bit although i might be wrong because it's not specified and it's really not that important to the plot but i i think he's supposed to be doing a south african accent because charlotte oh, really? copley is <laughs> south african so if you've not oh. seen, if you if you if you don't know Charlotte Copley, he was he made his big sort of break. What he's most known for is District Nine. Uh, oh, yeah. is it District Nine? The alien one in South America, in South the, Africa. The the prawns. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, yeah, that's District prawns. Nine, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And um, he's most known for that. And then right. he's gone on and done other things and and like like this. So in that, but he's using his native accent. Mm. But I think Bradley Cooper's also supposed to be South African. But like you say he I just sort of does a, a generic. British accent that, just that Americans yeah. do when they are doing a British accent. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I heard. That's I mean, what I thought. I But I know what you mean in that bit. There's that bit. There's the bit where he's he's talking to um, Bosco with his hand with a puppet, and he just goes, "If I broke every bone in your hand, could you still do that?" Like it's just like just really. I think what it, I think what they did was because it starts with their origin story. The first twenty minutes, half an hour is their origin story, and then it skips eight years. I think it is. And yeah, they're meant to have that. been yeah. this really successful unit that are then disavowed and put in prison mm-hmm. 
for a crime they didn't commit, right? And I think it, the reason they put those scenes in it is to be like, oh, show that they're all mates now. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been working together mm-hmm. for nearly 10 years. Show that they're having a laugh. And that, and that for me, is, is a bit I really enjoyed, which is just the bits where they're just messing about. And it's almost like, it reminded me in, in some senses of, you know, when we talked about The Guard and other films like that, where we talk about like that weird approach to death as if like nothing matters. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of that in this, like they're always against the odds, but nothing, nothing phases them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes action films go the other way and it's like, the odds are so great. They'll never succeed. And oh my God, they yeah. did succeed. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in this, and it, although there, there are other examples I can't quite think of, but it, it'll be like, oh no, this is like, this is like bread and butter. Mm-hmm. They're just always faced with these insurmountable obs, ob, odds and they're just, it's so regular to them. It's so normal to them. They're just like, oh yeah, what it, like we might die, whatever. Not asked. Yeah. Like they can do it with one arm behind yeah. their back sort of thing. Like they're just not phased at all by it, are yeah. they? Yeah. Um, I thought some of the mise-en-scene as well was excellent. So we get a lot of desert locations and shots and it feels really dusty and really busy. Um, Like a lot of the shots were really full as well in terms of props and buildings and like just things being in them. And you'd frequently see like beat up cars and military equipment. There were often loads of extras in the background as well and sometimes interacting with the main cast. So it always just kind of felt really busy. And I think this really enhanced the atmosphere, especially in those... in sort of earlier desert shots. I think Mm. Bradley Cooper's character, he's sort of been kidnapped, doesn't he? And they're about to set him on fire. (laughs) That all feels like really brutal and really dirty and dusty and hot and stuff. And like, you really feel, like you just really feel it. You really feel it emanating off the screen. So I think they did a really good job at sort of constructing that kind of atmosphere. Um, And in terms of like action tropes, you've got things like loads of windows shattering, plenty Mm. of explosions, prison escapes. And like you said, we're even treated to a flying tank at one point. Talk about about the flying tank. It's just cool, isn't it? It's just a it's flying just tank, cool, isn't it? When like, we say a flying tank. Like, what are they trying to do? What did they say? Because they were shooting. It's like, what are they trying to do? She's like, they're trying to fly the goddamn they're trying, tank. Are they, are they trying to shoot that over drone? <laughs> no, they're trying to fly that tank. So yeah, so you know it's in the funny, film. Um, he's probably not listening to it, but if you're not seeing the film, um, <laughs> they fall out of a plane and to survive, they get in a tank that's in the plane. And as mm. they're falling, they are trying to shoot the tank into a lake. So like trying to shoot themselves yeah. over a lake so that they'll land in a lake and won't <laughs> land. It's so ridiculous. When you when explain, you try it, explain it, it. Sounds, um, yeah, it, but, but it, it, it uh, for me, it, it really works in the world of a film because the whole thing is, is that they've always got a plan. Hannibal's always got a plan. And the plan's always about misdirection and, and lights and cameras and big flashes and all this. And it's just stupid. And if you're going into it thinking, well, that's ridiculous. You know, at one point mm-hmm. they try and steal something by um, sort of jettisoning, jettisoning a storage shipping container into mm. water and having it mm-hmm. float on airbags. Well, there's no way you could use whatever it is, 20 airbags to make a, a shipping container float. It's the sort of thing they go on Mythbusters and, and bust, but... <laughs> You know, if it comes back to that thing of if you're going to pick apart action tropes like, you know, you can't shoot a gas canister with a pistol and it'll explode and all that sort of stuff, then you're getting into the wrong thing. Just enjoy it. Just mm. enjoy the stupidness of it. Yeah. Leave realism at the door. Absolutely. And you'll have a good time. Absolutely. We'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change. And I reckon... This might be a bit of a decent chunk. You seem pretty self-aware 
about yeah. this, Josh. You said you know that it's not a masterpiece. Uh, so what are some of the things that you didn't like? I mean, yeah. So one of the big criticisms that I read about it is that the, the script, and there are some some elements of the script I, I quite like, which is what I already mm. talked about before, which is some of the dialogue is a little bit conversational, and I quite like that. But I also am not sure if that is the script or if that is the direction and the, mm-hmm. the actors doing that. But I don't know because I don't want to take any, anything away from a writer who'd written dialogue that did sound like that. So I don't know, wasn't there and they made it. But some of the other elements of the script are a little bit cheesy and it doesn't feel like it completely fits. So there's there's a bit in it where you know, the villain says something like, I don't care if he's G-O-D or something. I can't remember what he says. Oh, yeah, so he says no, he that is, is it. Because she, she's D-O-D, because it's, yeah. is it Jessica Beale's character? And she's like, they need to get her something. And he's and like, she, oh, but she's D-O-D. And, and he's goes, like, I don't, I don't care, care if she's G-O-D. And it's a bit like, that doesn't quite fit. So some of that dialogue, particularly for the villain, is a little bit like, oh, this is definitely an action movie villain. Which didn't quite, jar with some of the other stuff so i'd probably say that you were talked a little bit about the mise-en-scene which which i quite some of it I, I agree the feel of the film is is good but then there's other issues with it where it's definitely got that thing that we talked about when we talked about terminator salvation which is everything feels quite gray mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that's not at the start i completely get what you're see, saying with the with the um with the desert scenes but as it goes on, it does have a really weird grey wash to it, which makes it feel a bit generic. Whereas, okay, not that it, you know, not that you have to compare it to the TV show, but if you ever see the TV show, it does seem like it's quite colourful, mm. and the characters are, you know, metaphorically speaking, quite colourful characters. They're quite out there characters. So to have them all being a little bit blandly washed seems a little bit strange and then the other thing sort of back to the script and the overall issues as well is it's very male it's really really male not only is it really really male it's really fucking like testosterone male and everyone's in the army everyone's hard as fuck and everyone's faster and quicker and harder and stronger than the other guy and Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of the dare i say it macho bullshit Mm -hmm. to the film i'm not a we might have touched on this bit with other films before. I think possibly with Equilibrium and maybe even with Terminator as well. As I'm not a big gun, uh, not a big gun porn guy. I'm not a big mm-hmm. like. Look at these fucking guns. Oh, look at them. Oh, look at them. <laughs> oh, quickly reload the guns. Oh, it's like yeah. I'm very, I'm very much like a. I get it. Guns are in action films, and if you make it that it's all they're all quite disposable or whatever, then I, I sort of get how it works, but. Again, not to draw it to the TV show, but one of the things I know the TV show is quite famous for is that quite often nobody dies. So mm-hmm. it's like they'll, you know, they'll outsmart the bad guys and they'll all drive off a cliff and it'll be like, ah, but then you see them all getting out and dusting themselves off. Right. Because okay. of the, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Whereas in this, it's like there's a bit where where Hannibal Liam Neeson's character says, I can get this done and I can get it done without the bloodshed. And they kill about <laughs> fucking 50 guys whilst they're doing right. it. And it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit tiresome in that mm-hmm. sense so it is a bit male it is a bit misogynistic it very much does fall into that camp of this hasn't aged well in the way that it does talk about anything really particularly women it is very misogynistic um even with the jessica beale character who and i do think she is good in this and i do think she holds her own with the characters but she's still she's still very much there 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To be, not to be object of affection, but it's very clear that the fact that she's a woman and an attractive woman is constantly drawing attention to. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, yeah, you know, Bradley I, Cooper's like, cause that, cause they used to be together as well. So yeah. that's still very prominent. So it's like, she doesn't quite get the opportunity to be her own character. It's yeah. just, oh no, you're Bradley Cooper's ex-girlfriend. And, so, and, sorry, and, Face's and, ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And even when her and Bradley Cooper are having their sort of tete-a-tete, some of that little banter about being exes works a little bit. It's more the other characters. There's a lot of like, so, you know, such and such sweetheart, such and such honey. Mm. And it's a little bit like she's like a high-ranking army officer. Mm, she's like, the DOD. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so is she is she there because it's like no, she's a badass woman and she's taking them down and she's there to be taken seriously, or is she there to be not taken seriously by all the characters mm-hmm. around her? It's not quite clear, and I think there's a wasted opportunity there to show her being as competent as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Some of that is very much a downfall of the genre in general. Not to yeah, not to sure. not to to be loosey goosey with it, but but you know some of that is very much down to how it's aged and the genre in general. But that doesn't necessarily forgive it. But and there there, there is a lot of idiosyncrasies and a lot of conveniences in the script about where things are and how things happen. Definitely and, conveniences. And, 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 and Everything's what, yeah, pretty convenient. What characters <laughs> do and don't know, and how characters know stuff. And it's one of those where. Liam Neeson as the leader is this sort of, he's almost like an all-knowing leader and he makes the plans and he has information. And it's like, oh, have you got that? And it's like, he just does. It's like, do you mean he just does? Like, if he's so, if he is so good, then show us why he's so good. 
Because mm-hmm. he says at one point, you know, give me, give, he says something like, give me half an hour, I'm great. Give me half a day, I'm, I'm brilliant. Give me six months in six a cell. Months, I'm, I'm unstoppable. I'm unbeatable. Yeah. I'm unstoppable. Yeah. Something like that. But you never see that. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, he's got the plans, hasn't he? How? Ah, mm-hmm. oh, it's just he's got the plans. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. it just makes plans and that. That's just his job is to make plans. What do you mean is show me why he's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, a lot of that is down to the down to the down to the genre. I think it it could have been. I think it's a good disposable action blockbuster with some good comedy in there. But it it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I still don't think it's as bad as it was reviewed, which we'll come on to. What about you then? Because I sense you've also got some stuff, um, some stuff to say. So, sure. so let's let's hear it. So uh, I agree with uh, quite a bit of what you said there, but the main thing for me, Josh, with this was that I couldn't bloody hear it. Oh, so right. I got about 30 minutes in and I had to turn the subtitles on. So I think that this is a combination of the main cast all talking like this, like just mm. a constant gruff mumble that made it very hard to understand what was happening. Like everyone was talking like that. Everyone. Yeah. I was like, I can't fucking hear you, lads. Um, but then also, I found that the background noises and all the sound effects all seemed to be the same volume as the dialogue. So I just found it really hard to hear it. Mm. And then like you said then about them talking over each other, that didn't help either like i i don't mm. mind that as a technique and as a character building technique and as a way to show that these people are very casual with each other that they're very friendly and they know each other that's fine but if they're talking over each other and i can't hear what the fuck they're saying i'm missing i feel like i'm missing out on the story Do yeah you know what I, mean? I can imagine that because because i had the same issue with the gruff speaking with terminator mm. Because like you say, yes. everyone is like this. He was, Christian Bale whispers through, through that whole thing. Yeah. But, but what, what Terminator didn't have, which this does have, which is like you say, his characters talking over each other. So if, mm-hmm. they, if they're also gruff and they're talking over each other, I can imagine, because I'd seen it before. Mm-hmm. And actually, I seem to recall when I did watch it for the first time, I watched it with headphones on. Because I think right. I, I have a, quite a vivid memory of watching it on a summer in between university terms. So mm-hmm. I would have been staying with my mum and dad and I would have been up later than everybody. Mm. So I probably would have been watching it with headphones on, yeah, on my laptop or something like that, or in yeah. my room or whatever. So I have a memory of that. So perhaps I didn't get that because I did have the, you know, I, I had headphones in, which is a little bit different, isn't it? It's a different experience oh, to watch yeah. it. But I can completely see how, how you think, how you would, you know, how that would marry up. Yeah, and I was trying to think, like, is this just me being ultra-sensitive to it? Because, like, I know we talk... um, I can't remember if we have talked about this, actually, but the whole thing about Christopher Nolan and what he does, and, like, I tried to watch Tenet, and I was like, I can't fucking hear what anyone's saying. So I was like, is it a bit of that? And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was intentional. Like, I don't know if it was just my ears, but it was just really weird that I had to put the subtitles on. Yeah. But once I did do that, it was a much more enjoyable experience because I could actually follow what was going <laughs> on. Um, Liam Neeson's accent is bloody terrible. Like, I take it he's meant to be doing a, a North American, a, a United States of American accent, but he was just Irish. He kept just falling back into his <laughs> Irish accent. And I was like, just let the man be Irish, please, just let him do it, because it was so distracting. Um there's some real hand-holding of the audience in this as well that I could have done without. So not just in the 
you know, the fact that there's major exposition dumping all the time, but mm. things like the moment where they're breaking B.A. Baracus out of the prison van. So I think he's being transferred from one place to exactly another. exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> and so he notices that the car outside is the A-team. They've come to get him. And on the number plate, it says emergency. emergency. On the back exit number plate, it says now. emergency. <laughs> and on the front number plate, it says exit now. So then he says out loud, emergency. Exit now, Hannibal. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we got it." But why would like, Why would anybody Why would anybody <laughs> know to look for that? Do you know what I mean? Well, but, that's what I mean. Not, what, that's what I mean. Not it's, that. Just Just the fact that they felt the need that for him to say it what out loud. What if he didn't see it? <laughs> then he just wouldn't have broken him out. He's he gone. goes to prison. That's the end. No BA. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't need him to say it out loud, so I kind of rolled my eyes a bit because I was like, "Yeah, I can see, I can see that that's what it is, and I can see that it's Hannibal." Thank you. Um, and there was another moment that irked me slightly as well, but maybe you can shed some light on this because maybe I missed something else okay. in the film. But I can't, so I can't remember the exact circumstances. It is towards the end, so Hannibal is recording a phone call that he's having with Lynch, yeah. and he's using a little handheld recording device, but the device is in his pocket. And the phone isn't on loudspeaker. So then when he plays back the conversation that he's recorded, it is crystal clear. So unless I've missed something that maybe that piece of technology that he's using to record no. is like wirelessly linked to his phone. No, it's not, is it? Right. No, it's just, that, it's just one that of those. Sense. It's one of those action movie conveniences like how everyone has an earpiece and can hear uh, yeah. crystal okay. clear, like they've got a, you know, like they've got a headset yeah. with a mic on and everyone's yeah. like coming up now. And it's like, there is a hail of gunfire. There's mm. no way you can hear each other. If you, you know, even soldiers on the battlefield, if they talk to each other, they've got massive helmets on with massive headsets and mics and all that sort of stuff. It's not a little hearing aid side <laughs> earpiece. So no, that's just one of those, one of those things. So that was a bit dumb. Cause mm. like it was in his pocket. And the phone wasn't on loudspeaker. I was like, how? She, how she, is that crystal clear? He just clear? plays it back and it's just like... <laughs> that would have been more realistic. I don't like that. Um, and just finally, so it is obviously very style over substance. And though I liked many of the characters, I didn't feel like I got to know a great deal about them. The story was just a very typical action movie story. So I didn't feel like I was seeing anything unique or original. But overall... It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going right. to be. Well, and okay. that is the key thing to take away from this, I think. Okay. We'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. So I haven't seen this, but judging by what you said, Josh, this probably <laughs> didn't do very well. Mm. Um, what would so you give it and how do you think I'd, it did? I'd give it... I'd give it a six. Okay. I think I'd give it a six. Like being that that's being quite generous, but I think it was I do think it was fun. And I definitely think there's an audience for it for this yeah. sort of thing. Um so I'd give it a six. What did it get? <sighs> you think it was underrated. It said it probably didn't do very well when it came out. I wonder if it did really bad. I wonder if we're talking like Green Lantern levels of bad. <sighs> Like low, Green. low, low. Maybe yeah. I'll say, I'm going to say, and this might be the low, me lowballing the lowest I've ever lowballed. <laughs> I'm going to say that it got a 38 30, or a 3.8. 38. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let's have a look then. So at mm. the time of recording, 
Now, I was quite surprised by some of these scores and not okay. surprised by another. So at the time of recording, IMDb gives it 6.7 out of 10. Oh, whoa, that's generous. That. And, and very similarly, <laughs> Over Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 66%, right? Ooh, Which I think, are. you know, fair enough. All right, yeah. Pretty, pretty Some much, people like pretty, it. You can pretty see much, why. Pretty much summarises what we've said. It's all right. Mm-hmm. It's all right. It's disposable action comedy, whatever. Put it on, escape, eat a bit of popcorn, fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But the critics on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> yes. give it 48%. Okay. Oh, I was really harsh then, wasn't yeah. I? Yeah, well, well not, you're, really you're only 10 off. but uh, So, so <laughs> it averages out at 60%, which I'd say oh. if you average it out, that, that might be fairish, maybe a little bit. But for me, critically, that's underrated, which is why I picked it. So I, I would say okay. 48%. Um, 48%, that is low. It, like I said, what we both said, it's not changing the world, but it's a perfectly serviceable action comedy. So I would say critically underrated. What would you say? I it's it's a it's a tough one because this definitely isn't a film that I would have expected the critics to like. No. So I totally like I get that. I get that score. If the audience had given it that, I might have been a little bit surprised. Mm. Um, I guess critically, he may be a very tiny little bit underrated. Okay. But I can see where they're coming from. But the fact that it got six overall, I think that's that's somewhat appropriate. Okay. Um, but yeah, go on. Go on then, Josh. Shall we critically, a crit- little bit underrated. Critically, a little bit underrated. Critically I'll take that. Because I was quite surprised when I, saw, I picked it because I saw the 48. I must have checked mm. Rotten Tomatoes first. But goes to show you the, the difference between the audience and the critics, that, doesn't it? Because that mm-hmm. that's that's fairly consistent between the audience on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and then yeah. there's a big almost 20% drop off. Um, mm. So yeah, critically underrated. Go on. So then, Alice, it's your turn again. All righty. What are we watching next week? Well, next week, something real special is going to happen. So I did, I thought it was about time to pick another classic. Oh. And then a film was suggested to me by our podcasting friend, Pav, from the Top 10 of Everything. You might know him, listeners. But when I was on their podcast talking about the top 10 movie quotes, he brought up Field of Dreams a few times and seemed to speak very highly of it. So I thought, why don't we do a triple whammy? I'll pick a classic that is also a listener suggestion, Mm. but then we'll also get Pav to join us on the episode. So Pav's going to be with us next week Mm. to talk about Field of Dreams. Well, there there you go. go. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll say no more. Say I'll no say more. No more. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, well, join us next week then to talk about Field of Dreams. Um, obviously, we're picking it because it's a classic and we'll be joined by the wonderful Pav from uh, Top 10 of Anything podcast, amongst other uh, podcasts. Um, yeah. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us in the meantime, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. If you search for just films and that on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you'll find us. Give us a follow, give us a, you know, give us a like, get in touch. We always like to hear from you. We're also on Patreon as well. If you're on Patreon and you search for just films and that, you'll find us. Uh, a couple of tiers in there, um, extra content, episodes a day early on all the tiers. So uh, if you'd like to support us, anything you can give us would be absolutely brilliant. But uh it's always appreciated that you're listening. And I'll tell you what, Alice, we're on the television as well, aren't we? 
We are indeed. Every Friday evening from 6pm, you can find us on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I also upload all our little episodes to Daily Motion. So if you search just films and that on Daily Motion, you'll find us. And there's plenty of episodes there for you to enjoy. But that's every Friday from 6pm. On the local TV network, me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. Yes, there you go. Lots of ways to hear us, see us, um, get in touch. Let us know what you'd like us to do. And thank you very much for listening. Your support is massively appreciated. Uh, join us next week. It's a big one. A classic, a guest, triple whammy, Yay. like Alice says. Um, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.